Today, I'm going to tell you how Florida Gators football is climbing back to prominence, and we'll wrap up by looking at ideal landing spots for Florida Gators entering free agency in the NFL, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free where we listen to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need, visit rockauto.com and tell them Lockdown sent you. Happy Wednesday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. All my written work with whole9sports.com. Before getting into the content, I'm just going to ask that y'all like and subscribe wherever you're listening or watching. Leave a comment or review. Like, like let me know what you think of the show because I'm going to be honest with you guys. I want to make it better. I do. I want to make it as good as possible. So any feedback, greatly appreciated. And I know I'm going to give feedback for he delivers things in the most annoying way possible. That, don't care about. But talking about how Florida Gators football is climbing back to prominence. I, I think the first thing that we have to look at when we talk about this, because we're going to cover this for two segments today. Uh, I, I think that we have to look at the right now. The, the here and now is very important. So we look at what the Gators team, roster, and coaching staff looks like right now when, when we talk about starting that climb. And I'll, I'll start with the coaching staff because I have more to say about the team. So I'll start with the coaching staff here. And it's very easily to me been built throughout to be one of the best coaching staffs in college football in terms of top-level talent with head coach Billy Napier, defensive coordinator Patrick Tony, or well, co-defensive coordinator Patrick Tony, who you guys know I am a massive fan of. And then you can look depth-wise, we go all the way down. You got guys like Jay Bateman's a, a linebacker's coach who's just a DC. William Piegler is one of the biggest up-and-coming positional coaches around now. Running backs, tight ends, he does it all, and he's known for being a great recruiter. So I think when you look at this team, they've got experience too with college football and professional football. We just, our offensive coordinator is Rob Sale, who is just with the New York Giants. Our co-defensive coordinator is Sean Spencer, who is just with the deep, with the New York Giants. So th- there's NFL coaching throughout. There's college coaching throughout. There, there's nothing but talent on this coaching staff. And then you look at charismatic guys that we have here where they're great. That's big for recruiting, being very social media friendly and very, very um, entertaining is big for recruiting and and the scheme that every recruit has to dream of having offensively you're working in a wide zone at any position you're working in a wide zone offense which is i mean the nfl is shifting into just completely being a wide zone offensive league and that's what we're looking at now almost completely you got you got teams like the patriots and and you got teams like the ravens who stick with the power run and that's fine but most teams are running wide zone now so it's preparing you. The end, and defensively, very versatile defensively. You know, the fronts are going to change. The back end's going to change. Coverages, all, all the disguises that we're going to run, where that is all preparing you for a variety of NFL schemes. So you come to Florida, you've got the coaching staff, you've got, you've got the, um, the, the attention that you're going to get on a national standpoint that you're only going to get at a couple other schools. And then you've got a coaching staff that is preparing you for the NFL. Then you look at the roster, and when you're looking at any roster, there are five positions, really, that stand out as premium positions 
on the roster where you've got to have someone who can be the guy for you. And the Gators have that handled at four of those five positions, or at least have the potential to cover those at four of the five positions. Obviously, number one, quarterback. Uh, here we have Anthony Richardson. That's that's the assumption I'm going to continue making because I believe he's going to be the starting quarterback. So Anthony Richardson is the guy that we're talking about. So he's most likely the guy, and whether or not he works out is still up in the air, but he's got insane potential. After that, you can kind of take the, the next four spots are kind of kind of just up in the air. Um, you, you've got wide receiver, which I know a lot of people are even now talking about don't pay the wide receiver because there's so many similar to running backs. But if you have a wide receiver one, that's different. I think there are a lot of wide receiver twos and a lot of wide receiver threes. But a wide receiver one is big. And when you look at the Florida Gators, it's, it's could Xavier Henderson finally reach his potential? Can he be that guy? Or Justin Shorter, if he's healthy and he gets consistent playing time, could he be the guy? Because he really turned it on once he actually started playing last year. So Xavier Henderson and Justin Shorter both have the potential to be that guy in this offense which, I mean, is especially big considering one of the spots is left tackle, which, nope, <laughs> just, just offensive tackle-wise, I'm not super confident in this team right now. So I, I think the interior offensive line, um, I, I think it's pretty solid. But I think when you look at tackle, there's still a lot to be desired here. So left tackle is the one position where the Gators just don't have anybody, and we know they don't have anybody. But receiver, they've got possibly two guys. Quarterback, they've got Anthony Richardson as the guy that's most likely to be the guy, but the guy that's most likely to be the guy. That was a good phrase. But then you've also got Jack Miller who could step in and still be a very viable quarterback, and left tackle is not there. So those are three of the five positions. Those are the three that are on offense. And then there are two defensively where this, this is where you get into the argument of, you know, do you need a pass rusher or do you need a, a defensive back, a cornerback specifically? So do you go pass rusher or do you go defensive back, cornerback? Um, and that's very dependent on your school of thought and your defensive scheme. Personally, I, I think I'd prefer a cornerback that could be the DB in me. But when I look at a pass rush, you could scheme pass rush. You can't scheme good coverage. So I think that's a big thing where, I mean, even this defense, they're going to disguise their fronts and they're going to blitz from where you're not expecting it. And they're not going to blitz from where you are expecting it. And I think that plays important to being able to create a pass rush through scheme. But pass rusher, Brenton Cox Jr., and Jervon Dexter. So another spot where the Florida Gators have two guys. And I, I fully believe Brenton Cox Jr. is going to be just on a tear this year. Um, I, I think that there were a lot of questions about his motor last year, and that's why he's coming back to Gainesville. But um, I don't think there's, there's going to be a question about that this year. And Jervon Dexter is someone who is going to, I think, uh, really develop and become an elite pass rusher in college football from the interior, which is getting more and more popular in the NFL. So good for him. And then cornerback is um cornerback is a, is a to be determined right now because there's so many guys that can be the guy that I've mentioned so many times there are so many guys that could be that number 1. You've got I know a lot of you guys love Jason Marshall Jr. I love him too. Could be Jason Marshall, could be Avery Helm, could be Jaden Hill, could be Jalen Kimber, could be and any number of guys that are in this secondary right now. And I think that's a big thing for Florida because yes, we don't have we don't have the solidified proven guy at this point. But we've got so many that can potentially be that guy that I think it kind of counteracts that and counteracts that maybe that we have because someone is bound to step up and be that guy, right? Of those, 
like I'll say I'm comfortable with pretty much all of them. Uh, left tackle is obviously the biggest concern, and don't get me wrong, we need it. But and only pass rusher is the proven commodity, but the potential is there for so many players at so many of those positions. Where I think Florida is just being set up for absolute success. And obviously, you need other positions filled out. But those are the big five that people talk about when it's like, who are we going to build this franchise around? And I think that Florida has all of those players and multiple of those players have two years of eligibility remaining where they could step in and be the guy. And we're going to talk about the future because, you know, I just mentioned two years of eligibility remaining, multiple years of eligibility remaining. We're, we're going to talk about those guys. But first, I'm going to talk to you about Bill Barr because it's the new year, New Year's resolution time. If yours is about getting fit, mine would have been abandoned by now. I didn't set one this year, and I've been very open with you guys. But if yours is about getting fit, I'm just trying to eat healthier in general. Make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. I'm horrible. Y'all know I have a sweet tooth. There's new haagen flavors out. Guess what? I've tried them already. They're delicious. I love them. But um, not great for the physique. I got a vacation in a couple months, so I got to get right for this. But Built Bar helps me kind of cope with that sweet tooth because they're coated in 100% chocolate. Most bars have 130 calories and just four net carbs, which is the biggest thing for me, along with 17 grams of protein. So you could throw out the hidden stashes, the Reese's and the Destro, the Kit Kat and the Cupboard. Just get Built Bar. You don't got to sneak around. You don't got to feel bad. And they're delicious. Make sure to use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off of your next order at Built or Built Bar. Dot com. Does anybody else participate in March Madness brackets every year and suck every year? That's me. If you don't, that's awesome for you, but that's not me. I can't relate. I used to be good at them, and then I learned about college basketball, and it's weird. I do the same thing with betting where I try to just big brain everything, and I'm like, I'm really dumb. Um, Stat Heroes, NCAA, single game, pick'ems, pit star players against each other. And, I mean, that's it's a hybrid of fantasy and sports gambling, and it's really dope. Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery of who you're going against and, and I mean, really, what you're going against. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on, L O C K E D, no space O N, for a 100% deposit match. Terms and conditions do apply. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Be sure to check out Locked On Bracket Breakdown on March 14th. That is this coming Monday right here on the Lockdown Gators podcast feed and YouTube channel. Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and Lee Sterling give you in-depth breakdowns on every matchup. Will the Gators be there? We'll see. It is time to talk about the future of the Florida Gators. Now we can look at, well, not even that we can, we're going to look at 2021 players with 2023 eligibility, like wide receiver Marcus Burke, who I know is a fan favorite. I know I'm a big fan of him. He's got great vertical speed. He knows how to stretch the field. I think he's going to be big in this offense. He played a bit last season. He's going to get more playing time this year. Uh, I think he's going to be a massive part of the offense in 2023, especially if we get a guy like Anthony Richardson back, uh, I think Xavier Henderson might be NFL bound. I, I'm almost definitely confident that uh, Justin Shorter has no more eligibility remaining, but it's a little wonky with COVID year and injury year and transfer year and all these things. Um, not that he has all of them, but you know, it gets weird with, uh, with eligibility. So Marcus Burke, I think he's going to be an elite field stretcher in 2023. And I think he's going to be a massive part of this offense. And if Anthony Richardson is the guy, 
it's going to be just bombs away the entire time. And it's going to be really cool. Wide receiver Jaquavion Frazier's is another guy that's going to keep adding reps and he's going to keep getting reps. He got quite a bit last year. He was a big guy on like bubble screens for some reason. I feel like he could have done more, but he was the red zone bubble screen guy, which is a very weird role to have, but Hey man, good for you. Touchdowns for you. So I'm not going to complain. And then we look at defensive back who, I mean, look, Rashad Torrance II, yes, he will have eligibility, but I highly doubt he'll be in Gainesville in 2023. He's he's an NFL draft guy in 2023. It's as simple as that. But defensive back, you got Avery Helm at cornerback. You got Jason Marshall Jr. at cornerback. You got Kamar Wilcoxon, who I, I'm so confident can play corner and safety and kind of be the star guy if we need him. Donovan McMillan, there's, there's so much defensive back group on the scene that I keep talking about and I keep praising. And I think they're so good and they have the potential to be so good for a long time where I like I, I love this secondary. I love what they can do and I, I love the future of it. And then you look at the defensive line, you got Desmond Watson. Like if he takes form because he played last year a solid bit. If he takes form and if he kind of if he kind of works on his technique and, and and gets a better uh get a gets a better base built, I think he's gonna be a monster. Like he he could be that true nose tackle. Like you don't see that often in the NFL, but they or you don't see that often in college, but they still very much have that role in the NFL. You look at a guy like Jordan Davis from Georgia, who obviously just an athletic freak, insane 40, insane 10 yard split. But we can kind of look forward to that and, and, and try to get more of that. And Desmond Watson could be that nose tackle who has a role. There are absolutely roles for nose tackles, especially when we could see more more teams go less go away from the wide zone and start going back to power with defenses getting so much smaller, try to power through them, things like that, with the Ravens and the Patriots are trying to do. Anthony Richardson is a big name, but he could be gone. Like, like a solid season from him. Could mean he's NFL bound. Like like I've said so many times, he's got insane potential. I mean, legitimate Josh Allen potential, you know, hurdling dudes, bazooka arm, fast enough to actually create massive plays on the ground. And he's just got to get refined and he could be a superstar. There's there, and there's so many more that I'm sure I'm forgetting because I'm just going off the top of my head here. We look at like Montreal Johnson, like at running back, is gonna be here still. So there's there's so many players here that are going to be here for next season as well, where it's like, well, I don't, I don't know how they don't find success. And then you look at the 2022 recruiting class that's coming in this fall. Some guys are here. Some guys are showing up in the summer defense by the bus load. And I know that a lot of people love offense because offenses, it, it, it sells tickets. It, it gets highlight clips, but guess what? Defense wins championships. It always has. And it always will. Most of the time, the team that wins the championship, whether it's national or NFL or Super Bowl, defense is what gets them there. Or defense is what wins it for them. So, yeah, like there there are certain positions that the Gators will have to address. Like quarterback could be a solid thing that they'll need to address in 2023, which we'll get to again. But guys like Jack Miller or Anthony Richardson, if he does come back. So quarterback talent is going to be the question mark, I think, in 2023. When we look at it, not in terms of, Who's going to win the battle, but who's going to be here to compete for that battle? And more O-line is going to be big, obviously. You know, 2022 wasn't great for quarterback talent, wasn't great for offensive line talent for the Gators. But they had a foundational pieces to the defense, like Shamar James, who linebacker to me and safety to me 
are in that very close to tier one, but tier two, but very close to tier one in terms of guys that you want to build your team around because having that great off ball linebacker, that could be your field general, having that great secondary, that's great safety. That can be your ball hawk over the middle of the field, your center fielder. I think that's huge. So you look at guys like Shamar James at linebacker. You look at Kamari Wilson in the secondary and you look at Chris McClellan on the defensive line, the interior defensive line specifically where they're all guys that you can build this defense around. And I've already spoken so much about the secondary where, look, you, you've got a superstar safety coming in in Kamari Wilson. You've got your second level defender in Shamar James, and you've got your defensive lineman that's going to wreak havoc already. So 2023 is looking great. 2024 is looking great because we'll have those guys for 2022, 2023, and 2024, assuming they don't transfer. And then we'll have them at the minimum for those three years. So that's big. And like I said, again, no new quarterback coming in that I think is going to be the superstar. Um, but we'll see what Jack Miller can do, or if Anthony Richardson will still be here, or if Anthony Richardson will leave for the NFL, or what's going to go on with that. But then again, looking at the 2023 recruiting class, the Gators are in play for potential superstars at pretty much all of those key positions. You look at five-star quarterback prodigy quarterback arch manning who is the manning heir of course and i know a lot of people are like a manning coming to gainesville that would never happen uh i highly doubt arch manning gives a damn arch manning knows he's going to college for three years and he's going to the nfl and probably going to be a first round pick as long as he doesn't absolutely flame out name alone will get him there so if he comes to gainesville and by the way like I, i've watched him play I, I love what he can do i'm not saying he's only going to get by on name i'm saying he could get by only on name you got cornerbacks cormani mcclain Tony Mitchell, A.J. Harris are all stud corners. Edge Keon Keeley, who I get it. Keon Keeley is someone who, of the edges that I've seen for 2023, he's one of my favorites right now. But uh, obviously, he's a highly ranked recruit. But he's currently a Notre Dame recruit or a Notre Dame commit. But guess what? That doesn't mean a single thing. That doesn't mean anything until signing day. Where you commit means nothing until you sign that letter of intent and you fax it over. So I don't care where he's committed right now. Things change. You know, Notre Dame, sure, they kept Marcus Freeman on, and he's going to be the guy, and Keon Keeley's an edge, so he's already committed to Marcus Freeman. So, yeah, sure, losing Brian Kelly probably doesn't mean that much to him. But Billy Napier could add a lot. Patrick Tony could add a lot. Sean Spencer could add a lot. So this defense, I mean, I, I Keon is a big edge that I want, and I, I, not, I don't care about where he's committed right now. I fully believe Florida is going to at least push more for him maybe get him. That'd be pretty dope. There's also a, a lot of offensive linemen that Florida's looking at, a lot of wide receivers that Florida's looking at. Like Brandon Ennis is a big-time wide receiver that Florida's looking at. It is hopefully going to get and bring him into Gainesville and make him a star here. And you look at Coach Longevity. There's a lot of youth here. There's a lot of guys who they, they're still very young. Where Patrick Tony, I've said so many times, I love what he does. I love him as our DC, as our defensive play caller. He's young still. He's probably going to be here for a couple of years before he gets that head coaching job that he wants. And I think he might take the Billy Napier approach of being like, look, I'm not taking a head coaching job until it's the ideal situation. And I especially think Patrick Tony should take that spot in terms of being, I'm not going to take that job unless it's the ideal situation because Patrick Tony is a defensive coach and it's very hard to get a second high profile job for a defensive coach. If you fizzle out at your first one. So Patrick Tony is someone who, Probably going to be here for a couple of years. But I've mentioned it before, too, where I said, I think part of having all these wonky job titles on the staff 
is because then Billy Napier can just promote them when they go up for other interviews. You know, uh, game changer coordinator, it's going for an interview for special teams coordinator. Just promote them. You've got uh, Patrick Downey, who I just mentioned, or Sean Spencer, co-defensive coordinator. Just make them full defensive coordinator if the other one is going for a head coaching job so they don't leave as Cody C. Because if you're Cody C and then you, they want to keep you as a Cody C, odds are that you're probably just going to leave for a job that will give you that full DC responsibility. So, so I think that's what really came into play when looking at these job titles and also just having so many players, uh, so many coaches on the staff, you had to create some fun stuff to just get them job titles and get them paid. We're going to take a look at some Florida Gators uh, free agents like Joe Hayden, Marcus May and Trent Brown, where they might end up. But first, I'm going to talk to you guys about my friends that run your pool. March Madness is just a few weeks away. That means you need to start thinking now. We're, we're less than two weeks away from just everything happening. So you got to think right now about where you're running your brackets. Runyourpool.com is the place to be for me, at least. You know, you're not going to get everything with ESPN or CBS. You're going to get more with Run Your Pool. They've got Pick'em, Survivor, that's going to be really fun. But with Run Your Pool specifically, you get to set your bracket with me and the Locked On Gators listeners and it's for free, and you get to join runyourpool.com slash locked on for free and maybe win a cash prize if you win there. And you don't have to win there. It's going to be broken up by the top few people. So that's going to be big. If you want to set up your own uh, pool for friends, family, business, whatever purpose, charity, whatever it might be, use code PUREMADNESS at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. Runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize for free. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. It is. I've been. I've had to go to one last week, and I was like, this sucks. Um, I, I, I tried just being like I was in an emergency, so I had to go get it. I was like, this sucks. I ended up using rockauto.com and, and ordering from them anyway because they actually had it in I mean, I don't know, maybe it's just the place I went to, but they were very, very hostile. And I was like, okay, dude, like, I already don't know much about the car. Now you're being mean about it. I'm being real sensitive. It's hurting my feelings. But rockauto.com, it's very easy to use. Explore the website. Like, even I could do it. It's so easy, a branding can do it. I'll tell you that. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know exactly who sent you with amazing selection reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. To wrap up today's show, we are talking about the Florida Gators free agents in the NFL because free agency is approaching swiftly, and these guys are almost definitely hitting the open market, but I want to talk about a few team fits. I got, I got three team fits for Joe Hayden, for Marcus May, and I got just two for Trent Brown, and I'll explain why I have just two, just two for Trent Brown. But Joe Hayden, the Browns is a fun spot to talk about. You know, this this is the return because when Joe Hayden was with the Browns initially, because they drafted him out of Florida, when he was with the Browns initially, he was amazing. I I stay in very put that he was a top top three to five corner in the NFL when he was with the Browns. And look, I don't think that's wrong to say at all. You also look at the Browns scheme-wise, they were very zone heavy, and that bodes well for Joe Hayden. We had Trevor Sikama here last Monday. And what was he talking about with Joe Hayden and his future? He said Joe Hayden has to go to a defense that is going to be very zone heavy and kind of let him like he he's lost a few steps. That's fine. 
but let him go to a defense where he's very zone heavy and he won't have to be as relied upon to be as athletic. So that's a big fit for him. Also, he could play that safety corner hybrid role as a depth because he's probably not going to be a starter in most places he goes to. So he can be that safety corner hybrid if he's willing to be that safety kind of guy. He's also there where he can mentor young talent. Denzel Ward is great. But Joe Hayden is experienced, and he can help him develop. Greedy Williams, the same thing. Greg Newsom, the same thing. There's a lot of talent in that secondary that Joe Hayden can help build and mold. Looking at the Patriots as another one, they're affordable. If he makes the move to safety, it'll be ideal for that scheme. If not, then I doubt it. If he's not willing to move to safety, then just scratch Patriots off the list. Um I get it, you know, like like they have a need with with how much turnover they've gone through their sec- their, their uh, corners, but they're one of the most man heavy schemes. So wouldn't be an ideal fit if he stays at corner. If he moves to safety, Patriots would be an awesome landing spot for him. And the final spot for Joe Hayden, the L.A. <laughs> the Las Vegas Raiders. I almost said Oakland, and I almost went to L.A. And there's it was just a, a cluster there. Uh, but the Las Vegas Raiders, they play a lot of zone. One of the biggest zone heavy teams in the nfl and i mean look like i met, I just mentioned it with the browns he would be an ideal fit in a zone heavy system and another spot like the browns where he can help guys develop but with the raiders there's a higher likelihood that joe hayden will actually play because the secondary does not have a ton of depth to them especially at corner so you won't even have to talk about that safety move he could step in at corner and play pretty early on and i mean look he, he would be a great fit for them. I, I realize that they're, they're a team where um, things can get a little rough for them, but I, I think that with Vegas, he'd be a great fit, great culture fit. He would bring a lot to that culture and really help, and, and I think that he'd be just a phenomenal player in that scheme. Marcus May is the next player to talk about. He's a New York Jets safety, um, and I think the New York Jets are an ideal fit for him. First of all, he's already there. It's it's unlikely, by the way. It's un- or not unlikely, but it's not expected that he stays in East Rutherford, but he's already a Jet. He knows the scheme. Robert Sala is a great defensive mind that can move him around the formation and use him in a variety of ways. He's probably only going to sign a one-year deal this year, and it might be a cheap deal at that, too, because he was a franchise tag player last year or this past season, and he got injured and missed the remainder of the season. So he's probably going to sign a one-year deal. I don't want to. I don't like using the term "prove it" with him um, because it's not something that it's not like a one-year wonder thing where he has to prove it. It's more of a can you still do it or how are you going to bounce back from your injury? So it might be a one-year deal for Marcus May. The Jets aren't a bad option, but let's say he doesn't go with the Jets. Let's say he wants to. I don't know. Be on a winning team for once. A good fit for him. The Kansas City Chiefs. Tyron Matthew is almost definitely hitting free agency. They haven't even made him a contract offer. That there's just it's it's bad there. Uh, they need safety help now. I mean, even with Tyron Matthew, they need safety help. Daniel Sorensen is awful. Juan Thornhill, I'm not sold on. So you need safety help. What else? Marcus May can play multiple positions, so he can fill multiple roles on that defense. And they are what's the way to put this? Very backed up against the cap. Marcus May could be a cheap one-year deal, get himself a ring, get himself paid after that, maybe get himself a ring, get himself paid after that, and he's going to be a big impact player for that defense. And then you've also got the Chicago Bears. They could use another safety. Matt Eberflus, who's coming in from Indianapolis, he's a new head coach of the Chicago Bears. They're going to need someone that could be affordable. And 
they need someone that could step in right away and help that defense. And Marcus May could step into that secondary. Him and Bojack would be an awesome duo at safety. And I'm already bought in. I'll tell you that. I'm already bought into it. The final Gator we're talking about is Trent Brown. I mentioned this already. Patriots, again, I, I realized that when I looked at Joe Hayden, Steelers were not an option where I was like, oh, re-signing. Trent Brown, Patriots are a team that he should re-sign with. Or I think it's what he should do. You know, re-sign with the team that you found success with. It could be a one-year deal to hopefully get one more big payday. He's, I believe, approaching 28 or 29. So you can sign a one-year deal, and then you still have plenty of time to sign another fat contract before your career ends and maybe get yourself an extended career at that, even as a backup after that big contract. So Trent Brown re-signing with the Patriots. They're a good scheme fit. We know that when he's healthy, he can be so good, and he has been so good for the most part with the New England Patriots. The other team is the Houston Texans, former Patriots front office men. And I mean, look, they're guys that are familiar with him. And that's going to be big because Trent Brown is someone who throughout his career has struggled. And even in college has struggled with keeping his weight in check. So going with a front office that already trusts you and already knows you could be big. And it seems like he he's the type of player where he wants to be somewhere that he's comfortable with the coaching staff, with the front office, and the Houston Texans could be that spot. And they have a big need for a tackle. Like uh, wh- whether it's Davis Mills or Deshaun Watson, I, I don't care, or Terod Taylor, whoever it's going to be, I don't care. That's irrelevant to me. Um, they need a tackle who can protect their quarterback. That's and the Texans have thrown away franchise quarterbacks before with with David Carr, um, just getting him hit incessantly. And you need a guy that can fit in. It's also going to be, I think, a good scheme fit because offensively, I expect them to go pretty man run heavy or gap power, whatever you want to call it. Trent Brown could step in right away and play there. And there's not many other fits for Trent Brown. I'm, I'm realizing this because, look, he's a big dude. And that that's great for him. He's a big dude. When he was younger, he can move better. Doesn't move that well right now. He's a massive man. He kind of needs to be in a gap power scheme where he could just plow through, go downhill. And most wide zone offenses in the NFL now, he can't fit in. And a lot of teams are going wide zone. They're increasingly going wide zone because Shanahan disciples are getting promoted and getting hired elsewhere. So that's a big thing where the wide zone is an awesome offense. But Trent Brown, not a great fit for it. A lot of these... um, a lot of these older and bigger offensive linemen, not a good fit. Now, I'm not saying Trent Brown's older. He's in that bigger bracket. So not a great fit for him. His selection's limited. I think the Patriots and the Texans might be the best spot for him if he wants to get paid, play, and win. I think those might be good spots. Maybe not win at the Texans, but, you know, try to at least. We'll see what happens with their quarterback situation and their draft. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more on your Florida Gators. Now make your second listen lock on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. And if you're lucky and you go on Twitter, you might see Eric Crocker get tweeted to by a player in the draft's mom, which was really awesome to see yesterday. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E and I-N-E Sports. And I will see you all tomorrow.